Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Yeah, that'd be me. Hello. Welcome to the show. It's uh, August 20th. Good God. And um, it's Tuesday, and I think that means my sister Susan will be joining us. We, Susan, are you there? I am here, and in answer to your question, I figured because I'm sitting oh, um, am- amongst mountains that a landline would give okay, me a yeah, better chance of being hurt. Yeah, we didn't recognize your, your, your number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're amidst mountains in New Mexico? In Santa Fe, yeah. Nice. Well, good for you. Is the word yeah, parent- well, you know, I if, of all the travel I do, none of it is vacation. But this so is. this is an actual five-day um, vacation with some lovely friends, and it's very nice. Uh, we'll say hi to Joan and Mitchell. And uh, is peripatetic the word? Is that a word, peripatetic? Yes. And yes, that- peripatetic is a word. <laughs> and does it mean? And I used it just the other day, as I said to my um, Pilates uh, trainer, I said, well, I'll see you when I see you. Off I go on my peripatetic life. So peripatetic, okay, I didn't know what it means then. It it, it means traveling, doesn't it? Moving, it means, it, uh, to me, it means footloose. It means without an anchor, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, but it, it, I, I have that sense that if somebody is peripatetic, they're... They're here, and then they're there, and then they're, yeah. And you do now have a peripatetic lifestyle. Yeah, I do. And it's um, it's harder than it looks. <laughs> well, it'd be, <clears throat> it'd be very hard for me. <clears throat> I am by nature inert, and uh, I, I really, it would be hard. I, but I, you've adjusted beautifully to it. I also well, sort of. note... I also know. Okay, what peripatetic means is traveling from place to place, in particular working or based in various places for relatively short periods. There you go. That's me. That's you. (laughs) (laughs) Peripatetic. Mm -hmm. Well, um, that's funny that you used that word the other day and it popped into my head. Just the other day. Well... That's it, which is why I knew exactly where you were going. I think that's very funny, yeah, because well, how often in the last three days before that did you use that word? I haven't used that word in a, I, I, a million years. So I don't know why it all of a sudden, but I, it just popped up because I, I think of you here. Because there, that's what I yeah, am. That is what you are. And somehow in the recesses of my brain, I, I knew it. <clears throat> anyway. I also saw, Susan, because I get these things from that uh, family, whatever that thing is, Jeannie, says uh, your your son is about to turn 39 years old. What? Oh, my son. Yeah, my son ain't 39. <laughs> well, let me do the math. Yes, he yeah. was born in 1980. Well, I remember because he was born as I was packing to come to Pittsburgh. I remember right. ex- exactly where I where I was in this little apartment I had at the time and and uh and you called to tell me you were in labor. You probably don't remember that. And no, I, I vaguely do. Yeah, and I was so excited and blah, 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 blah. But I was packing to come to Pittsburgh. So I know that, uh, yeah, his birth coincides with my big transition in my life, too. <laughs> right. That was, that was my, uh, um, my totally misleading first uh, yeah. pregnancy and birth where – Eric like refused to even take me to the hospital because he just didn't believe that I was about to give birth because I was lying on the couch and calling you and every once in a while I go ooh but I mean no big deal and then at one point I said you know I just think we should go and he said no and I said no I really think we should go this has been going on so long that I just have this feeling we should go so he he reluctantly agrees and and then we get in the car and of course 
maybe 30 seconds later, I went from the tra-la part to the, oh, my God, something's happening part. (laughs) (laughs) And as we got to the hospital and he pulled by the emergency room door and I'm screaming, where the are you going? He, he said, I'm parking. And I said, he said, that's for the emergencies. I said, I'm, I'm an emergency. Look at me. You wouldn't and, know and then I, he was a medical the, doctor. The baby was born 15 minutes. Ollie was born 15 minutes. Maybe. No, I exaggerate. I think a half an hour after I got sweet. to the hospital. He was an easy baby. He just, easy, he just, easy he just baby. flew right out. <laughs> And I do remember telling the doctor who was going, are you sure this is your first baby? And I said, honestly. And I, I got to tell you, I've been more constipated than this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was my, it was my first birth. And I, it's hard to, when, you're, when it's your first baby, it's hard to even believe that what's happening is there's a baby growing in there, you know. And well, you knew it was you growing, but You equally was convince out. yourself that it might just be a very large turd, you know. Oh, you don't Susan, know. now stop. <laughs> just stop. God dang. All right. Well, I'm just honest, honest uh, ramblings of what actually goes through a young pregnant woman's mind. But, yes, my son <laughs> is going to be 39. I'm so happy you brought that up. <laughs> well, I saw it, and it just freaked me out because, you know, Oh, yeah. Well, I've been a mother for a long time, and now I've been a grandmother for a relatively large amount of time. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad that we managed to start on a a happy note. Uh, well, I'll give you, and I'll give you one other happy note, and that's that I discovered that both of my grandchildren inherited something from my husband. And what is that? And I don't know. They each have the twinkle that he had in his eye. Oh. Particularly Letty. Yeah. Her eyes her eyes just twinkle. And it's and it's that's what if that's what they got from Eric, that's a good thing. Anyway, that's the other happy thing for today. So that's the end of that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, probably so, given that we're heading into the news of the day. Jesus. I, here's what I want. This is a, a wish that will not ever come true. I want the media, especially cable, to stop this constant fascination with polling because it's... It's wrong all the time. Well, it's not that it's wrong, but it's so... It is a year and a half, practically, until we get to vote. And I know, having lived long enough, that with 20 candidates in the mix for the Democratic nomination, a lot is going to happen in those 16, 17 months. Things are going to go up, down. There'll be, you know, gaffes. There'll be... And and it is absurd to be acting well also what got me is it shows biden's lead growing the latest oh of course it does and and because there are enough and this is what's getting me mad because i think you know in large measure the pollsters are all white men and i just feel like these old white men are directing us to only consider old white men (laughs) And, and because when they do these polls, there's that group of people that always just are sort of interested in voting for the winner so that that's where they go, whether that, you know, they'll go right. wherever they're directed. And if that's where the polls are directing them, that's where they're going to go. I don't I haven't talked to anybody who Biden is his first choice, their first choice. I have not talked to anybody. Well, so I feel like this is purposeful, misleading by Honest to God, by white men trying to maintain control, and I've had it. <laughs> well, that woke her up fast. Okay, Suze, I think what? I think that it's frighteningly similar to what Democrats invariably do. Democrats are, by nature, I'm going to say it, snowflakes. 
they are so timid and so they're scared that they're not going to win because of they're traumatized but what by what happened uh last time around and so they want to be sure that they go with somebody that's safe not necessarily the person they want somebody safe and they've decided that that's joe biden and i think that is an absolutely incorrect calculation i do not think he's safe at all and I don't no, think he's he washed out of four other races for crying out loud. Yeah, he was found wanting several times in the, in, you know, mostly in the last century. Enough. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if you heard what his wife said yesterday. Yeah, for, forgive him that he's wrong on so many things. He's still the best guy. That no, one. she said sort of like hold your nose, and she said, she said, let me see, I'm going to get the quote. Your candidate, she said, your candidate might be better on, I don't know, health care than Joe. But you've got to look at who's going to win. And maybe you have to just swallow a little bit and say, okay, I personally like so-and-so better. But your bottom line has to be that we have to beat Donald Trump. This is a ringing endorsement. This is not, th this is playing on this fear. The Democrats right. have of losing. Now, and, and, then, and of course, but by the, the way, she, the she's right. That just doesn't necessarily point to Joe. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily point to Joe. Every, we, of course, we'll all, you know, we'll all lick our wounds and whatever, hold our noses and vote for the Democrat. No doubt, I'll happily vote for. Well, I'll vote for for Joe Biden. But I do not think at all that he is the the strongest candidate i when i think of the debates i don't see him who's always saying you know the did you hear what he said in iowa the other day? susan did you hear what listen to his latest gaffe these come out constantly in iowa the other day he said you know poor kids are just as bright as white kids yes i know he said that well you can't and black people keep being the the bulwark in his uh, polling data. Excuse me. I mean, he's just this old, kind guy who missed his chance. Handsome guy. Yeah, and he missed his chance. And and um, you know, let's stop and think about polls and what the polls say about Hillary. For God's sake, do not watch these polls and do not assume that because somebody is you're told this is the best this is the obvious candidate you know by the so-called you know intelligentsia on the political scene that that is the best candidate go with your heart my heart right. increasingly tells me that elizabeth warren is the best candidate and i didn't like her three months ago me either and I, I'm, you know, and I am absolutely telling people at this point, you go ahead and all out support your candidate. Let's really use this primary system. Yeah. Let's see who most of the people really want. And then let's all agree to vote for them. That's all. But yeah. be honest. Yeah, don't. Oh, Biden. So you jump on Biden's. Don't way. settle don't before you settle. Let's out who we really listen, watch. Yeah. And and do right. bring into your head electability. Um, and do take into your head imagining this person up against Trump in a debate. Uh, and I just see, uh, I see Warren eviscerating him. I see Biden. Blah, 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 blah. He's yeah, just not I as know, sharp. You know. He's not, he's, I'm not, I mean, sharper than Trump, but he's, he doesn't, he, he's too old. The whole idea of what's happening to the Democratic Party is we want to move forward. We want to move beyond old white men. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. Come on. And I'm tired of being manipulated. And we're tired Polls of being. are manipulations. Yeah. 
and we're tired of and being please, scared into supporting the old white man, the establishment. No, it has. So you agree with me? Yeah, totally. <laughs> but I do think that the polls are manipulators. And that's why I said it the way I did. You look at who are the people that head up those polling firms, and you tell me what their demographic is. And then you tell me how surprised you are that they are directing us towards one of them. <laughs> well, I even and think that's unconscious I think that's unconscious bias on their part. Don't you? I do. I don't. Oh, absolutely. It's unconscious bias. Right. You can't. I'm, I don't think every, every white man walks around consciously feeling entitled. I think they are as stressed out and trying to get along as everybody else. They don't even know how acculturated they are to their entitlement such that they recognize it. Well, why should I they? That's the way that. life's always been. I understand that. Why should any I of us get white it. folks get it? I just okay. want it to end. Yeah, I do too. That's all. It's enough. Your life isn't made for the vast majority of you. Your life is not made any better by that acculturated entitlement. It makes you feel unsatisfied. It makes you feel... Explain that. Well, because the vast group of white men are not living an entitled life. Uh, Except in, in as much as they look down on people lesser than them, which is all they got. Well, right. And that's what's always fueled uh, yeah. racism, too. I mean, for, yeah. Oh, dear. Okay. Let's, um trying to think, any other election-related stuff do I have here today? No. There was a letter to the um, editor, I think, of the New York Times, a little teeny one from a guy in Houston, that I thought was just brilliant. You know, as we look at the millions of people in the streets in Hong Kong, you do wonder if Americans will ever get off their fat asses to be able to do the same. Um, yeah, what, the, what exactly will it take for us to get off and I mean, be in the streets? I've been asking this for a few months now, know. and I'm one of the people. I'm feeling like I need to go out and put yeah, my know. chair in the middle of my street and hold my sign. Right. And I, um, and this has to do with gun control, but it could be about anything. And, and here's this, what this guy wrote, and I think he's absolutely right in terms of the effectiveness of this, if Americans would understand that there always is strength in numbers and concerted action. He says, Matthew Lind of Houston, a voluntary nationwide school boycott demanding that Congress enact strong gun control legislation would, I believe, force government action. Parents across the country have a right to expect that the schools they send their children to will be safe. No legislation, no students in the schools. Think about, think about the power of that. Something where you organize and literally people refuse to send their kids into these unsafe <laughs> environments. And if everyone did that, you don't think something would get done? It's stuff like that that gets stuff done. You well, that's how the teachers, it was those teacher strikes in, in Kentucky and places like that that finally got, you know, certain issues looked at. Um, there was a, I think it was in Iowa, a Republican um, congresswoman uh, meeting constituents, and they were all teachers, and they were, and within minutes, they were all just chanting at her, do something. Yes, yes. I mean, one do teacher said, when do, don't tell me how to shoot a gun. Tell me when I get to start teaching reading and writing and arithmetic again. Yeah, exactly. So I just, I mean, Americans have well, and did to... You, did, real, did, did you, you hear have, the one... What? Lynn, did you hear the one about the father who took his 
little girl to go and buy shoes for the coming school year, and she and she did. She said, "I don't want the light up kind." Because of shoes and he said, "Why mind? not?" And she said, "Because if we're sheltering in place, I don't want my shoes to give me away." All right. So if American parents don't understand that something out of the ordinary is required. Boy, we let our kids down over and over and over again. We have a caller. We have a whole generation of traumatized children. I know, we children. do, totally. Caller, go ahead, please. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I forgot why I called. Okay. Hi, Chris. That's okay. <laughs> How you doing? No, no, no uh, I was listening uh, before, you, you know, before this conversation about not listening to talking heads. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, hey, I'm sitting here listening to the talking heads well one head's not talking it's just sitting there but who's like, just sitting there <laughs> oh susan's picture yeah, susan's picture. Talking. yeah there's nothing like yeah, talking I, heads I, telling you not to listen to talking heads yeah yeah, yeah but um yeah, yeah with, with biden you know i i was like a biden supporter back in 1988 when he ran. right yeah but like like you said he's i i did a little thing where i put uh I just put up a picture of that comedian with his last name Gaffigan. Yeah. With his, <laughs> mm-hmm. where every time there's a Biden thing, yeah, Biden made a Gaffigan. Because uh, <laughs> he's just, he's just um, I don't know if it's his age or whatever. He's but, always been this way, yeah, and it's always, worse yeah. now. It's, probably, yeah. it's just it's, worse. It's, right. Yeah, but I think it's like, um, you know, if he you know, gets the nomination, of course I'll vote for him. But uh, it's, I don't know. It's just he's he's done. I think I read somewhere that Obama basically tried to tell him that in a yeah. nice way. Yeah. <laughs> that your you know your, your time is up. He said what he, he tried to dissuade him. He said you don't have to do this, Joe. You don't have to do this. And he has talked to uh, him as well about he's very Obama's very concerned about how old and sort of out of it the people around him are, that that's the same old, and he's urged them, well, you get some younger people in your inner circle. I mean, I think Obama's very worried. Yeah, I know. And about electability, you know, I never consider that because I think anybody's electable. (laughs) Well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, that's what I say. It's obviously that anybody's electable. It's all about your messaging and, you know, and how you run your campaign. That's that. Donald Trump. Donald <laughs> Trump. That's all I have to Donald say. Donald Trump. Anyone's yeah. electable. A friggin' <laughs> moronic, you know, narcissistic jerk is electable. Anyone's electable. I, I don't know if I'm changing the subject now, but I don't understand. To this day, you know, I, I read psychology and watch lectures and things like that and i still can't get how people can't see that the guy's an idiot <laughs> i still don't understand it i can't comprehend it i keep trying to comprehend why why aren't you see i mean i'm not you know everybody wants to think that you know these are like racist hicks and things like that i know you know successful business people and Upper yeah. middle class. So, so, so do we. <laughs> why, why don't you see? It? But the only thing I can figure out is it's fear. You know, fear of losing that power and position, you know, or something. Right. They, they are willfully, <laughs> yeah. those, those people are those willfully people, I, I, looking it's, the it's other power way. power and greed. Because they mm-hmm. like what he's giving them, not what he's taking away from all of us, namely our friggin' democracy, our country, our standing in the world, everything. Because anyone with future. a brain who supports him is, to me, a traitor to this republic. Yeah. Immorally uh, bankrupt. I can't. If they can't. Yeah, see, I would listen. I was just we were we were just at a wedding where I was admonished by a relative that I I better watch my mouth in this crowd. And I and I looked at and I looked at my cousin and I said, "You're kidding. They better watch themselves around." <laughs> That's exactly how I am. I love when people tell me, "Oh, you don't <laughs> want to bring up politics." I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> Bring them on, every single one of them. I will stand by myself. I will stand alone against any crowd and do battle. Because to me, it's that important. 
<laughs> it is that important. If anything's important, it is that important. It's a little Which more gets important. Which back than, to why aren't we in the streets? It's a little more important than civility, and obviously civility doesn't matter at all to these Trump supporters. The very fact that they support him shows that civility is not something that should stop us from speaking out. Uh, all these cuts and regulations and, all, you know, for goodness sake, a whole, what was it, where was that, the whole, um, I was going to say iceberg, glacier just yeah. melted and they had to yeah. right. the mine. Yeah. <laughs> the nice one. They put up a, a, a marker. Essentially yeah. a tombstone. For the first a tombstone here. Down. Here used to be a glacier. Yeah, yeah, that, no, that's like one of the Yeah, because you know, I'm I'm not a spring chicken. <laughs> you know, I think, but the future is, is it looks bleak. I was down at a college. I was at Fairmont uh, State University drawing the other day, and I'm just sitting here, and these kids are all smiling and happy and. So what are you going to be? Uh, what are you going to be? And they're telling me their future. And I'm just sitting there saying, ah, gee, I hope you make it to my age. <laughs> I hope there's water left when you guys get to be my age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I look at my grandchildren and mm-hmm. I'm just terrified. Yeah. Right, right. Well. Yeah, maybe we should be in the streets. Well, we yeah, definitely should be in the streets. There's no maybe about it. There's and no I'm, I'm really ashamed. Anywhere. I don't know. Okay. Clarence, always right. good to hear from you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Same here. Okay. Bye. 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 Yeah. Well, here's the good news about, uh, you know, I don't know how many people I think should be really clear about being free not to pay attention to us. Yes, we are talking heads, but it's just our opinion. That's right. That's all it is. It's just our opinion, and we don't claim any special expertise other than we read a lot. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Barbara sent me this, and I, yeah, that, you know, again, this is one of those things you see, and you freak out, and you go ballistic, and then it just gets totally swept away by the next thing 20 seconds later that you have the same reaction to. Uh, but uh, this story. Uh, the Trump administration is, um, I, I guess this is a, this is a brief in, in, in a Supreme Court case. Uh, it's a funeral home versus the Equal Employment <laughs> Opportunity Commission. Um, oh, I know this one. Okay, this yeah. is to determine whether trans employees can be fired simply for being trans. Not surprisingly, the um, the Trump administration is siding with the funeral home against the government, against the EEOC. Uh, Because a lower court said that this funeral home broke the law when they fired a woman who began transitioning. Um, Well, the case was, let me explain what the issue was. There is a uniform that the funeral home requires, and that is a dark suit. And this trans woman wanted to wear a dark appropriate dress and was fired that's what it was because and the in the funeral homes words it's a terrible time for the bereaved they shouldn't have to deal with anything extra the uh okay the trump uh the department of justice bar a doj brief Uh, agrees with the funeral home owner who said, quote, the Bible teaches that it is wrong for a biological male to deny his sex by dressing as a woman. Where the fuck does the Bible say that? Susan. And what the fuck does the Bible have have to to do do with anything? Have to do with any of this. Right, okay. I mean, that is by its nature an unconstitutional Mm -hmm. argument and should not even be allowed in a brief. But this guy also said he would fire any woman who refused to wear a skirt. He just doesn't recognize... (laughs) He doesn't recognize that there's such a thing as a trans trans person. person. And And he's allowing himself to decide who is what gender. Yeah, right. 
And I would suggest that that funeral home director is not God. And that's what the Bible would say. Now, given the this Bible court, would though, say only God is God and leave to God God's rules. Man, well, excuse listen. me, screws them up regularly. Yeah, but given this court, even this court with uh, the Trump majority on it, if this court, uh, overturns. Oh, I'm not. Uh, you think you? I'm. <laughs> I, I'm not so sure. I've been saying that all along, and they just keep doing it. So, okay, let's see. Jesus. All right. Um, <clears throat> the. I'm going back to the way we were raised, which is expect the worst, and you won't be disappointed. Right. Well. Yeah. <clears throat> so yesterday when I was reading the New York Times, there was this two-page, I think it was the Times, it might have been the Wall Street Journal, uh, two-page uh, statement. But the whole second page was nothing but uh, signatures. And, it, and some of the first page was signatures. So it was mostly signatures. The signatures, it turns out, are the signatures of some of the most powerful men in the country. And these are men that uh, run the largest corporations in the country. This was the statement put out by the Business Roundtable, which is a lobbying organization uh, that supports uh, the 1% (laughs) and the corporate world. Yeah, that is made up is what is the composition of this group? Uh, well, the, I don't know. The, there were 200 chief executives that signed mm. this thing I read yesterday. So that gives us a vague idea of what okay. the composition and, of the and group it, is. And it because, was like blindingly yeah. white male, right? It's just right, right. a bunch of white right. male. They're, right, uh, right. It, the leaders of Apple, Pepsi, Walmart, uh, you, you name it, banks, every, it just everybody. I saw Jeff Bezos' name right at the top. And they all signed this thing. And, and I thought, what the hell is this? And then I read it. It's, it was short. The copy was short. <clears throat> and it essentially said that the purpose of a corporation, let me see if I can actually get a quote. It has to, has to be more than providing no profits to shareholders. Yeah, no longer should the primary job of a corporation be to advance the interest of its shareholders only that companies must also invest in their employees deliver value to their customers and deal fairly and ethically with their suppliers um so i agree with all that but but uh, you know i'll talk no action which one one of those ceos is stepping up and giving a you know half of his salary back to the workers right exactly not one word about, uh, hey, guys, are you willing to, did you say, what about the fact that you're getting paid 7,000 times more than uh, than your average employee? What about this? What about that? It's just a bunch of words. And I got to tell you, all the media has been lauding them up, down, and center about it. And here's the good news. The fact that they felt they had to put out this kind of a statement shows they are feeling that they have visions of dancing guillotines and they are feeling pressure now where is that pressure coming from it's coming from elizabeth warren it's coming Mm -hmm. from the democratic party right Right. we better do it ourselves before the the democrats win and impose regulation it's coming from i'm sure their own uh awareness of how Americans are getting angrier and angrier and angrier. So they're finally trying to get out ahead of this. But words, and they pledge to not harm the environment, and blah, blah, blah. They make mention of income inequality. No, they don't say income inequality. And... You know, but then look at who it is, Boeing, BlackRock, J.P. Morgan Chase, American Airlines, these corporations that screw you one way and, and another every single friggin' day. 
The interesting thing, though, it is moving away from their the the Bible that has that brought us, you know, greed is good. Uh, brought us the last forty years of capitalism run amok. They are seeing that they've got to try to get a handle on this renegade capitalism they have been enjoying as opposed to the rest of us. And a New York Times article points out that it was that this statement was also a, a rebuke of Milton Friedman, the the be-all and end-all of uh, capitalism, because he said, he said it's capitalist's most revered figure now, Milton Friedman, who wrote in 1970 in the New York Times, the social responsibility of business is to increase its profits. And that was, so that's what they've now moved away from. They have said, no, it's got to be more than that. But at this point, all it is is a statement. There's no action that I see, and we can wait and see. Uh, obviously, skepticism <laughs> would be the proper reaction to uh, all of this. And as Bernie Sanders said... If they were sincere, they'd talk about raising the minimum wage to a living wage, the need for the rich and powerful to pay their fair share of taxes. Right. And Elizabeth Warren said, well, it's a welcome change, but without real action, it's meaningless. Right. This is all true. But I don't think it isn't because of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and all of the people that listen to them now and understand that their, that their critique of America and American capitalism uh, is, in fact, on point. So, of course, the, it is, and it isn't the way is, we is that used they're to run, be. I, they're, they're, they're scared a little. We, we're scaring the CEOs. Finally, they ain't doing this out of the goodness of their hearts, making a statement like that, and that's all it is at this point. I didn't talk about it yesterday because my reaction to it was that it's why I didn't even want to. But then I saw yeah, all the, the how it's, you know, getting a lot of positive press. I'm not, it shouldn't get any positive anything until something starts to change. Uh, Ray writes, ladies, as an official old white man who support, <laughs> who supports this show, and agrees with 90% of your positions, I have to check out. There are some of us who work in hostile territory but defend our side against all odds. But the vilification of old white me galvanizes the enemy into one monolithic beast. Trump and his damage was aided and abetted by old white women in the key states. Would you prefer Ronald Reagan or Margaret Thatcher? Ask the poor Brits. Good luck in your battles. Ray is offended and he's out. Come on, Ray. Come on. Hey, I was married to an old white man, Listen, and our beloved father was an old white yeah, man. Yeah, but the, but the verbiage, Susan, uh, you know, can be, I sometimes wince when I hear it coming out of my mouth or your mouth. It is, uh, it, you know, we say, you all white men. And, and here's Ray, if you're listening, and he probably isn't anymore. What you have to understand, and again, you guys got to understand that women are, and I've never seen it in my lifetime, and old women are, and young women are, enraged. They're just enraged. It's like... I'm also heartbroken. Well, but I'm flat also... out heartbroken that I, that I tolerated... The harassment and the and the sexual assaults that I did my whole life. Well, thinking, we all did. Well, it, I'm making things better. It'll be easier for the women behind me, and it's not only not easier. In many ways, it's worse. Right. So there is such yes sorrow, but the sorrow is giving way mostly to anger, and and if it sounds over the top, 
try to hang in there. Women have taken it. Uh, we have been abused, raped, held down forever. And this is finally, finally, uh, finally. You've got to let the victim, the woke victim, let it out. You've got to let us rant. And if you're really on our side, you'll just sit there and listen and understand that and not take it personally, okay? Of course there's good white men. Of course. Of course. Jesus. But you know, just let me just let me tell you a, a, a little anecdote that I heard this morning uh, from from my host, um, and she was telling me about her husband going in for a test, a medical test, and how unbeknownst to her, he had um, gone out and had himself a latte before checking in. Oh, for his surgery. And when he admitted that he had had a latte instead of fasting before his surgery, the whole room swiveled. The doctor, the nurses, everybody swiveled and glared at my friend, his wife. Well, yeah. He screwed up their whole... And she looked and she said, what? She said, I didn't drink the latte. He drank the latte. And she said, see ya, you can wait five hours, I'm out of here. But that is what happens. Men go around and do what they want, and then their wives get blamed if they've done it wrong. It, it's, it's cultural. Well, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I do feel sorry for all you good white guys. But, I do too. But, but you know I, what? I'm telling you, you know I, 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 it's like, they're in it's my like family. I love them. You know what? Black people don't care that white people who are on their side um, are now feeling horrible now that we're even more aware of how hard it is to live your life in black skin in this country. Now, all of this is sort of coming out. We're all seeing things more clearly. And a lot of us are feeling miserable. And a lot of us are feeling guilty. You think any black person wastes two seconds of being upset because I, as a white person, feel guilty? <laughs> Do you think women now should be upset that white men are feeling hurt? That we're lumping you all together? No. Come on. Come on. Don't expect, this is a hard time. This is a hard time. It's a reckoning time we're in. It's a frightening time we're in. And we don't need to personalize. Yes, white women voted for Trump. White women, a lot of white women are the... Are have sided either with power them. in supporting white have men, even if it means that those white right. men are going to keep right. them enslaved. Right. But we treat them as chattel, their bodies as ownership. It, you know, you, it, it, I, I think you just have, I mean, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm sh again, I'm sure there's a lot of people of color out there just laughing at us. Yes. But, you know, as well they it's, should. it's exhausting putting up with what we're just expected to swallow every day once you notice. Once you notice. And now so many have noticed, and we're just... It's like, you know, the it's like, what's his name, Albert Finney and Network. We are mad as hell, and we can't and take, it take it anymore. And if there's collateral damage and hurt feelings, well, sorry. Women have died. Women have been beaten. Women have been raped. Women are, you know, living under men's thumbs and power all over the world. Women are going to be jailed in Missouri for taking the morning after pill. 
they're going to be charged with murder under Women, a new law. A woman who has a drink in some states while she's pregnant can be charged with child abuse, her child taken from her. We are sick or you can be, of it. Or, or you can be charged with murder for giving birth to a stillborn child. That woman was just acquitted. But it didn't mean that she didn't have to give birth to a stillborn child, be arrested, go to jail, and go through well, that an effing trial that was at in the Guatemala. behest of some people. Yeah, that was in Guatemala. It, but don't worry, it's, it's here too. I don't care where it is. It shouldn't happen anywhere. Did you say we have a caller? Go ahead. No, someone's not afraid to call. <laughs> caller, go ahead. Hello. Hi. Hi. Am I on? Yes, mm -hmm. you are. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm enjoying the show today. I just want to remind your listeners that Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and Home Depot are all invested in the Trump re-election. And so they're places that um, people have to consciously boycott. Okay, na name, right. those, name those names again for us. Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and Home Depot. Well, you know, your health would uh, will improve if you boycott those. Uh, yeah, things. yeah. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> yes, that's definitely <laughs> true. I'm so relieved. <laughs> but a lot of people don't realize, even if they just want that $1 coffee, that running into a McDonald's right now helps put the evil back in place. Yeah, I agree. Thank and you. so I just wanted to add that to your show today. Thank you so much. Thank well, thank you. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. okay, Bye-bye. Yeah. Um, and we have, to, we have to start spilling into the streets, folks. <sighs> um, all this reminds me of this piece that I saw months ago, I think, about how in Japan... I don't think I got the whole thing here. In Japan, uh, something new that's starting to happen there. Uh, uh, Japanese women, and you just talk about women around the world. Japanese women have a rough, rough road. Uh, their culture is particularly misogynistic. Um, women who marry are still typically expected to join the workforce and they are also expected to do all the housework, all the child care, help uh, aging relatives. Uh, they do nothing but work, work, work. They have no, the men there do not. It, culturally, they just don't help. So what is happening is young Japanese women are saying, I'm not going to get married. What, do I look like an idiot? Why would I do that? And so they're not. The Japanese government is freaking out because there's already a low, 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 low birth rate in Japan, a very aging population, and now you have young women who are absolutely refusing to continue to be part of of this culture that uses them like uh, slaves, essentially. Um, and women are, some women who always sort of wanted a wedding, though, you know what they're doing? There's a business. That they're just throwing fake weddings. Yeah. <laughs> they sort of marry themselves. They have, they invite their friends they have a wedding dress, they take pictures, they do the whole thing so they can have that, you know, fairy tale moment and then they go back to living their life as an full blown individual and not a drudge to some man. And it is more and more and more and more. And I don't have the whole article here. It was filled with amazing. Uh, stories and statistics. Women all over the world are saying... Yeah. No. Uh, you got to rethink sorry. this. Sorry. We're done. Yeah. We are not second to men. 
and we're tired of being treated as if we are second to men. And men have to realize how they, how in every aspect of their lives they treat us as lesser than. Even if individuals don't, but the culture totally does, and it it accrues to men's benefit. So, of course, you don't notice when things are life's grand. I mean, why would you know? You don't know what it is. The expectations placed on women. That it is the female children who care for the aging parents. Not that some sons don't, but overwhelmingly, it's the women in this country still who do most of the housework, the child care, who also hold down jobs and are expected to look beautiful and have a sex life and all this kind of stuff. I mean, men have a tough time in this country because the culture here is abusive to all. It's just an abusive culture. I don't know. Uh, Milton has sent me a list of uh, some of the companies that are out there supporting Trump's re-election. Don't go there. A lot of restaurants, guys, and none of them are good for your health. As the caller said, Chick-fil-A, Taco Bell, McDonald's, also Wendy's, KFC, Pizza Hut, Olive Garden, Waffle House, IHOP, Carl's Jr., and In-N-Out, which we don't have here. Damn, I like In-N-Out. That's the only one. (laughs) That's fine. And... um, Milton, who sent me this list, said, so if you see me starting to get thinner and toned. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, it's good for your health not to support any of these. Right. And it, it, when in doubt, just don't eat fast food. Because they and all yes, Olive Garden is fast food. <laughs> Even though you get to go in and sit down. Well, you do in some right. other places, too. But whatever. But that's not good for you, either. Oh. <sighs> Unless you just have the unlimited salad bowl. Anyway, it's exhausting, yes. But I think, yeah, I think boycotting is helpful. Yeah. I think, you know, when that when the Hobby Lobby CEO came out, I mean, everybody went nuts, you know, because they didn't want their, they didn't want, I mean, not Hobby Lobby, uh, Home Depot, because Home Depot's teetering anyway, and that kind of announcement can send them right under I mean, the odds are that almost every corporate entity is uh, slipping money to these uh, guys, Trump or Republicans, because they that's how our corrupted system works, right? Well, if you're if you're a smart CEO, you are you're scattering your money all over the place, right? So that you're you're covered no matter who wins, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Milton is also telling me to mention Project sixteen nineteen. Milton, I haven't read. This is a this was a full uh, insert in the uh, New York Times about it's the they just it's like a textbook, and that's why I haven't read it yet because it looks like oh boy I got to go and also it's so our history is so upsetting. If you care about humanity, if you care about a human being, those that are gone and what they endured. But Project 1619, I'm sure you can get it online. Um, There was also a YouTube presentation um, uh, in New York uh, this weekend, a live presentation on it. It is filled with information that all us white folks need to know about. It's called Project 1619 because 500 years ago, 1619, the first slave ship landed in Virginia outside Jamestown. I mean, we white folks were here for like two seconds and bang, 
start bringing in kidnapped, shackled Africans. And we buy them and sell them. It started in 1619. 150 years before we were even a country. I, uh, there is so much that we need to own and be aware of and not get defensive about Not get defensive. That's a I'm, reaction. Yes. I know. It's a human reaction to get defensive. Well, I didn't. I wasn't there. I never owned a slave. I didn't. I've been... Blah, blah, blah. That's not the fucking point. The point is look at the culture we look in, if, that we live in, and look at how that culture makes has benefited all of what happened continue to this day. Right, and benefits. And be aware of it. Try and stop it for once and for all. It's not just women. It's not just black people. It's a lot of us that share the same thing. We are, we are disempowered, and we're done with it. Yeah, but we ain't in the streets. So we're no, why? We're just in our heads we're starting to get there. I think this is a long process. I know on a personal level in the last two years, it has had an impact on me that has changed my life. And I've severed relationships as a result. I've, I mean, this... I don't think people understand. I can only speak as one woman. What so many people are going through now. And it would behoove those who, by accident of birth, were born into the privileged position of whiteness and maleness and heterosexualness to not get defensive to try to understand take it in that's all it's hard it's really hard and you can't but understand it's 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 hard on um the um those of us who have started to examine our lives and had to admit how much we just accepted and let go and how much of ourselves we gave up each day in order to succeed, in order to get where we wanted to go, and how much of a price we were asked to pay that, uh, that the, the, the guy sitting next to me in law school was just flat out wasn't asked to, to deal with. And then when you see it not getting better but getting worse, you get, you get not only reawakened to everything that you didn't let yourself feel your whole life, but you get enraged that you that, – because now I feel like I have enough power to tell people you can't do that to me anymore. But, yeah, I, I do now too, but I'm in my 70s. Yeah, I don't want my twenties and thirties and forties and fifties and even into my sixties. I was look. We all have our. I'm not going to share my individual story with you. I'm not. It's mine. And there's a women carry a lot of pain, and that pain also has can lead to rage. It's right. like the stages of grief. It's like the stages of grief. Well, it is. We're a but, far but let cry me point from out acceptance. We are, we are two successful, comfortable women. You know, now imagine all of that rage in someone that isn't as comfortable. <laughs> you know, I, I would never have... I, I've said over and over, if I had not been born into the privilege I was and 
had the same psychological makeup that I have, I would not be alive. I would not be alive. I am quite sure, quite sure. Rage and self, uh, self-destructiveness as a result would have taken me out a long time ago. Don't underestimate what people are carrying inside of themselves. And I know that goes for a lot of white men, people of privilege. Of course it does. But understand on the macro scale that it is women and blacks and brown people and uh, non-heterosexual people that have borne the brunt and continue to. And if they're now speaking out in anger and their words might be directed in such a broad way that you take offense because you get hit by this collateral, you know, damage, I I would just say try to understand. I don't know what else to say. But this rage is real. Yeah, it's real. Anyway, and it's not, and it's not, and it's not diminishing. It's growing. So yeah, I think that there's a reason that CEOs are noticing, and and it's not just women's rage. It's a lot of rage. But don't underestimate what women are feeling, and don't poo-poo it because um, uh, at least I don't. Well, this is all I have left to do with the rest of my life. I'm 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 gonna go down fighting. Yeah, me too. Hey, thank you. Oh, am I on vacation? Aren't I having a good time? Yes, you are, Susan. <laughs> you go go enjoy Santa Fe. 